The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own. This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Federal Football Report, the March Madness edition of Federal Football Report. Just absolute madness, and I'll tell you why it's madness. Uh, Number one, uh, madness because uh, this is, the as we're recording, this day one of the NCAA uh, men's basketball tournament. I think the women start today, too, so men's and women's uh, tournaments. And already the Maryland uh, West Virginia game, absolute madness. Maryland won. Uh, The the, the University of Virginia falling in dramatic fashion to Furman, just madness, madness. Uh, And and another reason it's madness is because NFL free agency, players going to teams and players leaving teams and teams, you know, not holding on to players. You know, who knows what's going on with Lamar Jackson? That's just absolute madness. And then we have a movie review, John Wick 4. And that whole franchise is madness. Madness, Now, here's the thing I want to ask Kevin about the movie when we get to the movie review. Uh, uh, Is, so I love... I mean, you know, the action scenes and the violence in the movie is is fine with it. Because, you know, I'm a shallow movie guy. I, I like action. I don't care about storylines. But mm-hmm. I, but this one seems to be missing, like, the whole series. Like, I understand, okay, it used to be this guy who did these things. He wanted to retire. The wife got sick. Someone stole his car and killed the dog that the wife left for him. And it brings him back in for revenge. But I just don't understand why people mess with him. Like, I don't I don't understand why... He's, I don't understand why he's doing what he's doing, but Kevin will yeah. we'll talk about all things John Wick. Yeah, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Only, I've, I've watched yeah, the first yeah, yeah. one, and I've watched half of the second one, and I'm trying to watch through th- the third one so I can, well, through the rest of the second one and the third one so I can watch four, but we'll talk about that later. First yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah. let's talk a little bit of football. Uh, you called it End of an Era before end of an era. pre-production meeting. <laughs> we talked about the end of the Heineke era here. What uh, He's a guy that we, or at least I, championed for, to have a chance mm-hmm. here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, was never given a chance to be the starter. Never given a realistic chance to be the starter. When, you know, Fitzpatrick got hurt, uh, he was brought in you know, to, to, to play the rest of the season, but it wasn't his team. It wasn't his job. And, and, and the proof of that was the, <laughs> was the fact that the very next season they brought in Carson Wentz. Right, <laughs> and right, 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 right. Got hurt, uh, you know, uh, uh, Heineke's in and, uh, you know, and, and then he was named the starter until he just played bad in, in one half. And he said, oh, that's all that, you know, that's all we need to see <laughs> back with the guy we actually won in. And uh, he wasn't any better. And uh, and yeah and yeah and so Heineke's gone now to Atlanta. Uh, I think a three year deal, right? Um, number one, congratulations to him. You know, yes. again, just what four or five? What five years ago? Um, well, I guess it wasn't five years ago. It must have been like four, three years ago, maybe four years ago. He was, you know, living on a sister's couch. You know, famously living on a sister's couch, doing graduate studies stuff or whatever. Right, right, exactly. And now he's in the league, three year contract. You know, he's made some money the last couple of years and I uh, headed to Atlanta. So yeah, your, your thoughts on Taylor Heineke and in, in the end of his time here in Washington. Uh, you know, first of all, congratulations to uh, Taylor Heineke because he did. If you look, if you opened up Webster's dictionary and look 
a backup quarterback. That's Taylor Heineke defined what a backup quarterback is supposed to do. He's yeah. supposed to just hold the steering wheel until your quarterback comes back. You yeah. know, you, he's supposed to he's supposed to make sure you don't lose any ground or make sure that the loss of ground is minimal until the, re- the return of, of the quarterback who was awarded the starting job. I, I, uh, I equated him to the donut tire in the back of your car, your spare tire, right? You know, if you get a flat on your be of good, rich, uh, all weather radio BX fifties, you know, super wide tread, all terrain tires, you slap on the donut until you're in a position where you can get the tire either repaired or replaced or whatever, right? You know, the tire, and it says, written on Taylor Heineke, not meant to drive over a certain speed. <laughs> Taylor Heineke, not meant to go over certain distances, right? You know, but so as far as his performance of his role, his job, A, A, all the way around now, you know, the, the, this, the interesting thing to me about, and especially in this, in this town, right? You know, being, uh, um, a legacy uh, fan like I am, right? I've seen the the Sonny versus uh, Billy things, which was a fun rivalry. I saw the the Jay Schrader versus Doug Williams thing, which wasn't so fun a rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I saw that, right? I saw the Cousins versus RG3, which was interesting. Ralph, I've seen it all. Right. But I've never seen guys, uh, fans like, disapprove of a guy because he wasn't what they wanted him to be. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's, it was his fault that he wasn't six six two fifty, right? You know, right. instead of appreciating right. him for what he was, yeah, it's like, yeah. you're yeah. not what I was, you know? It's, it's now, really again, and, here, and here's the thing that always made me go crazy about it. And and, and there were some people here in D.C. Sports Talk Radio, um, you know, uh, <laughs> who who fell into this as well. It's like, you don't have what you don't have. Right. All you got is what you got. <laughs> and what you have is a quarterback situation where number four, for everything he's not, he's the best of what you got. You know what I mean? That's right. Exactly. you the best opportunity to win. Well, he's not the prototypical. He's not the strong. I'm like, but no one in the room is. <laughs> Out of everyone in the room. And by the way, Carson Witts fits, fits the the prototypical quarterback, big guy, strong arm. He can make every throw you need to make, except the throws he needs to make during the game. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. That that. What do you call that? That um. That cliche. He can make all the correct. He can make all the football throws. Well, he doesn't do it in the game. He doesn't make the correct football throws in the game. And Heineke may during not be able to make, all yeah. those throws, but he can make plays and that's what he did here and for whatever reason they people were so caught up in what he was like and that's a, that's the perfect summary and i don't even know why i didn't think about that um while he was here i guess because he was still here but it's like he can make all he, he, he makes the plays he's the best in the room and all these people are worried about is what he's not even though what he is is better than what's in the room you know it's it's Maybe it's the fan base. They've just been numbed or or maybe they're just dumb. I, I don't know what it is, but but <laughs> I, I would tell guys like I said, if you, if he's not what you want, look at the fact that Terry McLaurin, your 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 all pro caliber 
Mm-hmm. Wide receiver made the Pro Bowl mm-hmm. with Terry with uh, Taylor Heineke throwing him the ball. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like he was running down the field and handing him the ball. Right. He threw him the ball. <laughs> right, right. Well, and by the way, the by the way, how Terry performed and how the team rallied around him. You know, to be honest with you, the Taylor Heineke situation is almost indicative of what it's been like under Daniel Snyder for, since Daniel Snyder's been. Yeah, he, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, go go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm interrupting. No, 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 no. You're absolutely right. You guys right. know you how I feel said, about you. Know I'll how stop about. you if you say something wrong. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I have never seen a guy be so adequate at his job. It'd be so polarizing to the fan base, right? You know, yeah. why Why wouldn't you not want the guy? The guy had a winning record as well, a backup. The coach said, you know, in his first season, there are other things to consider other than winning at the end. Other than winning, yeah. So maybe yep. that yep. goes into his decision when it comes to Heineke. You know, yeah, I, all I know is the season was on the line, came down to the biggest game of the year. You decided to go away from your backup, uh, to to your starter, which at the time, believe it or not, I had no problem with because mm-hmm. the guy was your starter. There used to be this whole thing in the league, you never lose your job because of an injury. When mm-hmm. he was ready to come back, the job should be his. I understand people who want to ride the hot hand, but you know, coach's decision, I that's fine. I have no problem with that. Until he threw that second pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, somebody should have said, hey, look, the the, the kid ain't got it today yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. this or is desperation time. We're, we're trying to make the playoffs. We don't have time. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. You got to do something. Yeah, we don't have time for you to I come back. Or, through this. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That somebody should have made that decision then. You know, after we say all the time, the best decisions on this team are made when they have no other choice. Right. And they didn't have any <laughs> other choice right there. They did not have any other choice. They didn't, they didn't do it. So, um uh, there, there's a segment of this fan base that thinks that having Heineke here would be too much pressure on uh, on Sam, on young Sam, and which I don't understand that because if, if he can't stand the pressure of Taylor Heineke, what's he going to be like? <laughs> right, because the the pressure of Jacoby Brissett is less. Like it went like last I checked. Jacoby, yeah, he can come in here and they say he's going to be the backup, but he'll, but you know, but Hal still has to win the starting job. But Jacoby, there's not one guy like Brissett who's going to go in any situation and not try to compete to be the starter. I'm going to go in there, I'm going to in practice, and I'm going to prove that I can that I can do it here. I would do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I want to be the starter. You know what? Because being the starter is more fun. The right, cameras right. are on you. You right. get the press conferences. You get the commercials. Yeah, who wouldn't want to be the starter? And Nobody, uh, these guys don't grow up playing this game, saying, "I want to be a backup quarterback in the NFL." <laughs> like we say, he's, we say he's the prototypical uh, backup, and he is. But he doesn't want to hear that. He's out here still trying to start. He's not going to, right. to back anybody up. He doesn't care about Desmond Ritter. Isn't that who's down there? Desmond Ritter. I'm like yeah, Desmond yeah, Ritter, yeah. please. I've, I've almost won a playoff game. I know what I'm doing here. I know what I can do. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I, I hope that Atlanta appreciates what they got because they, they have a competitor. If nothing else, you know, they have a competitor, right? You know, and if you look back at, at Scott Turner's offense and the way they made him stand in that pocket instead of moving the, the pocket when the offensive line was, was uh, suspect, porous, like a sponge or a sieve or one of those things you pour the spaghetti in and just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and to, for him to perform like that, you got something, you know, where, but, 
And and there was a little debate about the last game of the season where it was rumored that, that the coach said, okay, Taylor, you're going to start the last game. And he said, well, why? <laughs> you know, why, why would you want me to start a game that doesn't matter mm-hmm. and risk injury? Well, I had a chance to, you know, to really well, compete on the game. That did matter. That yeah. did matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? So we knew the relationship, what the relationship was there. And I also knew, and, and everybody who knows football knew, that, that Taylor Heineke had, had played himself into being a valuable commodity in the NFL. Absolutely. And if you look around the league, you haven't seen too many backup quarterbacks have a whole lot of success. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the kid in San Francisco, um, uh, the kid in, uh, in Kansas City held serve when uh, when uh, the quarterback twisted his ankle, yeah. you, know, um, mm-hmm. you know, late in the season in playoff games. Um I can't think of anyone else that has had tremendous success mm-hmm. uh, at the backup spot. Geno Smith was a starter. I, yeah, he was a starter when they got rid of Russell Wilson. So, yeah. Right. The, 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 I mean, the Dallas had court. that run with Cooper Rush, but that, that that's not sustainable. But anyway, let's yeah. not talk about that. Once they, once, yeah, but that's it. Like you said, it's not sustainable. You don't hope yeah. it is. Once they got the film on Cooper Rush, yeah. that was about all she wrote. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to talk a little Dallas stuff a little later on, too. But, yeah, there's uh, some Dallas yeah, stuff. Yeah, all, all the best to Taylor Heineken. He wasn't the only departure. Um, we had uh, Cole Holcomb uh, mm-hmm. being signed by the Steelers. Now, the Steelers right. know a little, little bit about defense. They know a little and, something about defense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, they, you know, he was he was injured. But they also had them playing that wild five five defensive back, two linebackers set mm-hmm. all the time. And and I don't think Holcomb was, was made for that. I think no. he's an outside linebacker. You know, he's pretty good at pass coverage. And when you're outside line, when you're like in a 4-3, you got a limited – part of the field you got to cover limited yeah. responsibility mm-hmm. yeah yeah if a strong side maybe tight end coverage weak side we cover running back zone that you got the flats and all that I, I think that he was more suited for that than this Dr. Frankenstein um, uh, <laughs> defense that Jack Del Rio's putting together but again the the Steelers thought enough of them to, to pay him to do his job right you know they did resign to Ron Payne I want yeah we're going to talk about that yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah go ahead yeah yeah, no, I think that that was a that was a big move. That was a wise decision. You know, you bring back Deron Payne, you got Jonathan Allen. I mean, that's the strength of the team right there, that defensive line. Um, uh, and I guess you can also say the wide receivers are, you know, the strength of the team too. But, um, yeah, re-signing Deron Payne, I think, was a huge move this offseason. Yeah, this shows a lot of stability, right? There's something that you, you – the, a guy like Deron Payne, you have to account for. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to say, well, and then when, when he's playing, he besi- and he's playing beside another guy that you have to account for, he's playing right. beside, you know, Jonathan Allen. And so now you've got two guys on the interior that, and you can, you know, move Allen around, if, I guess if you want, but you've got two guys that the, the offensive line needs, they, they need to figure out where are these guys and do we need to double them? Yeah. 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 Now, uh, and, uh, Montez, uh, you know, he's played, he's had, uh, I'm satisfied with with, yeah. with his um, his production. You know, he gets held a lot, and but but eventually they'll call some of that. Mm-hmm. The the X factor in all this is Chase Young. How you know how he comes back from that injury, and what you know what is it? Is it a matter of of therapy, uh, confidence, uh, uh, physical limitations? Now, is it is it a thing that he can work through? We don't know. That's it. If it's up to Chase, is is up to Chase. You know, if if he's limited, 
this is about, you know, all we're going to get. So it's an X factor. We just don't know. So, but I would say it's a pretty good situation to have, right? You know, right now where we are with the defensive line, um, we'll just have to see how, how the secondary pans out, right? Jeremy Reeves, they finally let him stay on the team for a full season. He gets special teams. Uh, <laughs> but see, that's another thing. He was only on the team full time because St. Jude's got hurt. They were, right. they were short. Again, the <laughs> best decisions are made when, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, yeah, they, yeah. when they can't make another one, when their backs are yeah. against the ball. Yeah, well, you know, th- this is going to be an exciting season, man. They 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 they've hired they've they've signed a couple of uh, linemen. Um, uh, the one guy from New York who uh, what's his kid's name? I just looked at it the other day. Uh, um, uh, Nick Gates. They they signed right, Nick yeah, Gates, Gates from the Giants. We got we got to get Rodney on and talk about him, that. Mm-hmm. He broke his leg um, uh, against Washington, as a matter of fact. Mm. But um, but everybody. Everybody says that if he comes back and is anywhere near what he was, that it was a steal. And, and of course, we got uh, Jacoby Brissett. We got to. I want to talk gotta, about that a little bit because remember yeah, the whole yeah. thing, like, and even with the, the, the comment uh, with, with Heineke about, you know, well, some didn't want Hal to have to look over his shoulder with, um, with, with Heineke, as if Jacoby Brissett isn't looking over your shoulder worth for a quarterback like Sam Howell. I mean, it's not like Jacoby Brissett is coming in to back up Lamar Jackson. Or like, no, he's coming in to back up a quarterback that at this point in Sam Howell's career, Jacoby Brissett is probably better than, or at least understand concept. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. I don't. So, but I'll say this, Jacoby Brissett's a guy that I liked ever, you know, NC state. I loved uh, the way he played in college. I think, I think he's a a smart player and, you know, um, uh, again, uh, can run, you know, a pretty physical quarterback. I'm not going to sit there and say like they he can make all the throws. You know, all these guys can make the throws. I mean, it's what can you do in, inside of in, in a game? And um, and yeah, I, I think it's going to make the quarterback room really interesting because like what happens in practice if Jacoby seems to get it quicker and 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 he's playing better uh, than Sam Howe? Uh, what happens? What does this coaching staff want to do? Are, it, well, you know, do they want? I was going to say, interesting if that if that's the case, the team sees it. I mean, it's not just it's not just what we see in, in, in the media coverage. The, the the whole team sees it, you know. Right. So, so there, there's no problem there. If it gets to the point, if they gets if it gets to the point where Howell is bad enough that he has to be pulled, the whole team will agree with it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. the whole team the whole team is in on it. So it, it's up it's up as I tweeted at Stanfield Kevin. You know, if if Sam is worried, what he should be doing right now is somewhere working out. The day that we're recording this, it's a nice day outside, man. He's outside yeah. playing with his friends in the neighborhood. If he's, if he's concerned at all, he should be outside throwing a football. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's doing. Or, you know, on his way to the weight room, on yeah. his way to the car to go to the weight room, stop, throw about 500 passes, then mm-hmm. go to the weight room and come back. Mm-hmm. If you're concerned. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. There's something you and can you do about what? that. And if you're not concerned, you better be concerned because that's what Jacoby's doing. Right, yeah, right. 100%. That's exactly what Jacoby's doing. That's exactly what he's doing right now, man. So I, I think that the team is in a good spot right now if they believe in the competition because the competition will only make everybody better. Yeah. It will only yeah. make everybody better, you know. So, um, you know, we uh, – uh, we're, we're a great, I mean, because I just love hearing people talk about football. Like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers thing, man, that that was, I don't know, that was a shock yeah. to me, but 
Well, he came from out of his darkness retreat and yes, uh, yes. <laughs> his darkness retreat for one. And uh, yeah, it looks like it's a whole situation with the Jets. Um, I, if you're the Jets, I'm not sure why you do this. Cause I don't, you're not an Aaron Rodgers away from being a Super Bowl contender. You got a young team there. I would think that a Lamar Jackson move would make more sense for the Jets bringing Aaron Rodgers in. Uh, and you saw how disruptive he was. He doesn't really have patience for young players. You saw that last year in Green yeah, Bay. Yeah. I don't know with this guy, man. I, you know, with 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 Rogers, I don't, I don't know. Look, the Jets are an organization that just they don't seem to 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 care. I mean, you know, they just they make a move. It's almost like they're playing Madden football. You know, okay, yeah, let's. Uh, that's almost like Snyder used to be. Right. <laughs> you know, when people complain because Snyder was too involved when he when he signed Dion and Bruce Smith and all those the people, oh, the owner shouldn't be, the owner shouldn't be involved, this and that. Now he's not doing this. People complaining about that. So, mm-hmm. have you noticed? You haven't heard anything in the past week or so about the, the sale of the team. And we talked we talked about it last show. <laughs> all this chatter about it. I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> People forgot all about it, right? How he doesn't have to sell the team. He can just keep it. He doesn't have to no. sell it. Yep, if, if the league, if the team, if the the owners vote him out, that's one thing. But then they can say anything. It's the vote that counts, right? You know, right. So right. nobody in the NFC East is going to vote him out because they're counting on him for two wins a year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. We need need him in. Speaking of the NFC East, let's talk a little bit about some moves. So the Eagles losing players left and right, um, which happens, you know, with, with those teams. But let's talk a little bit about Dallas. Uh, so the big news is, I mean, you can talk about Gallimore, you know, the type bringing the cornerback. I don't want to talk about that. The big news is Zeke, uh, releasing Zeke after seven yeah. seasons. Uh, and I actually, I, that is one of these moves that you would have never seen from Jerry Jones 10 years ago. Right. right. I just, I think back to when, uh, uh, DeMarcus Ware was here, uh, was here, was in Dallas and, right, right, right. um, and uh, that was one of the first moves when they let him go. He went to Denver, won a Super Bowl. Um, right. uh, that kind of ushered in this new era of you know, not holding on you know, to a player for too long, seeming to have a vision. Right. Right. And this just confirms that, at least from a personnel standpoint, it does seem to be you know, a new day in Dallas. Um, I don't think Zeke's done. I think Zeke's got another two years or so in him. He'd be a perfect fit for a team like Kansas City. And here's why I say that. He's a good blocker. He's a really good blocker yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in pass protection. And so you got a guy like that to protect Mahomes. But in an offense that can air it out, he'd be a good back because you can't stack the box. You know what I mean? Like teams just weren't afraid of Dallas airing the ball out. Even in seasons where Dak's putting up big numbers and the offense is scoring big points, nobody was afraid of them airing it out. I mean, at the end of the day, they would find a way to lose. And so, (laughs) so, um, uh, yeah, I think he still has another two years. But that's that's the life of a running back, isn't it? Um, Yeah. yeah. Seven to nine years. Seven to nine years is generous for running backs. Usually about four to five or six, maybe. I I think that that ever since whatever uh, social situation Zeke got himself into or somebody got Zeke into a few years back, he's never recovered from that. That's true. It's just he has not had that same fire. It's just Mm -hmm. it took something out of him. I I think that – I think Zeke is about 15 to 20 pounds away from being a force in this league again. Yeah. I just think it's it's going to take a recommitment on his part, and it's going to have to take an offense designed around him, and and, and offensive coordinators aren't doing that. Zeke isn't that guy who can run out the shotgun. Zeke, right. yeah, no. that. Zeke needs a, 
a blocking back or somebody. Zeke needs to be able to to put uh, uh, pick his hole and 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 go. He needs to know where the hole is going to be before he gets the ball. And that's right. not what's happening nowadays in the NFL with the shotgun, and the influence blocking, and all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Kansas City would be a, a good. A uh, good pick for him. I'm thinking Miami might be a good pick for him on, on grass, something to extend his career a little bit. Uh, maybe somewhere out west, Seattle, uh, mm-hmm. or, or the Cardinals. I, like you said, I think he's got some football left, but this is the thing well, going to be. His old offensive coordinator is in San Diego, and they seem to be having issues with Austin, with, with Eckler. So. Yes, yes, that's true. So, there, yeah. There's some careers. It's not like, you know, don't cry for me, Argentina. There's some opportunities out there for Zeke, but Zeke is going to have to be a comeback player of the year next year uh, yeah. to make it work, make it some, uh, you know, get more than a one-year contract, right, mm-hmm. you know? Then again, look at look at what a guy like uh, Adrian Peterson did on, on one-year contracts, right? Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah, Here's another one, right? But, you know, that, those guys, <laughs> those guys are few and far between, man. So, I, you know, um, I'm being the Washington fan. I'm glad to see him go. I just don't want to see him go out like that, you know. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the Pollard is there. And, you know, that's what the competition will do. That's yeah. what competition made, you know. It, it, you know, if Zeke wanted to play more, Zeke should have gotten better. That that's right. that's it. Hundred percent. And yeah. we know he's got the skill set, you know. Right. We know he could do it. He's got the skill yeah. set, he knows what to do. Is is does he have the desire? And we're gonna see. Right, we're gonna right, see. right. We're gonna see this offseason. Um, let's see, what other moves? I think we talked to Aaron Rodgers. Uh there's nothing no movement on the Lamar Jackson front for whatever reason. I mean, there's very few teams that shouldn't be on the phone right now with Baltimore <laughs> trying to get right. try to get some sort of deal for Lamar Jackson. Um and, I mean, and, I, and they probably are. They're not, you know, they're not telling they're not telling the Adam Schefflers, right? Schefflers right now what's happening or the uh or the other other uh, pundits. Yeah. Right, right, right. They're just not telling them. But then you'd be foolish not to be talking to somebody about about them. Of course. Of course. You Absolutely. Know? You know, unless unless you're unless you're in Kansas City um, you know, for whatever reason, people love, you know, I mean, I, and I, I think Justin Herbert, you know, is a good, is a, is a, is a, you know, young, good quarterback, but people acting like he's Joe Montana now. And I just, you know, and he hasn't done right. anything to, to <laughs> right, right, right. You know, outside, outside of a few, you know, if you're Buffalo, I can see why you'd want to stick with Josh Allen, but out, I mean, outside of a couple of teams, I don't know why you, anybody wouldn't want to look at him. You know, if I'm, you know, this is controversial. If I'm Miami, I'm taking yeah. a hard, a, a strong yes. look because yes. you built too much around the quarterback position for it to just all disappear if you lose a quarterback. And if you think about it, <laughs> you think about it, that uh, uh, Lamar Jackson and and Tyreek Hill, he's never had anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Can you field? imagine that? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I can't. I'm trying to happen. figure out why Miami can't imagine that. Miami um, would be on every nationally televised game there is. They'd be playing on Thanksgiving, Thursday night, Sunday night, the right. the, the, the new Christmas game and all that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's up to the league. The league just got to do the right thing. Do the right thing. That's all. Now, question: It's March Madness. Did you fill out? Did you fill out a bracket? You know, this is the first year in in recent memory that I did not fill out a bracket. Okay, I don't even know who the reason why or. I'm preoccupied, man. I was. I was. (laughs) Well, let me let me tell you this. Um, I was a little under the weather last week during all the, the tournaments and so on and so forth. I thought, you know, it's interesting because whenever you have any type of illness, any respiratory thing, the first thing about, you know, pops in your mind is COVID, of course, right? Right. So I'm, I'm coughing and wheezing during the night, you know, not, not 
you know, like drastically, but enough to know that it's not me, right? Because I don't <laughs> typically do that, right? So as I get up, you know, first thing in the morning, I take a COVID test. It's negative. Of course. So, okay, well, I feel better about that, right? You know, I'm not <laughs> feeling too bad. And I'm working from home, so I, I can't, like, not go to work. So I just work limited, <laughs> you know, limited, and then went and laid down, went. I said, okay, well, something still is not right here. So let me take a little couple of Benadryl and some NyQuil's and all that stuff that's just been sitting in the corner of the medicine cabinet that I haven't touched in five years, right? Mm-hmm. Don't even know about the expiration date. Yeah, you know? who cares? Said, yeah. <laughs> took all that uh, right before I went to bed, took another COVID test, negative. <laughs> so come okay. on, what do mm-hmm. I do now? If it's, you know, if it's positive, you isolate, you say, oh, you t- call me at work, or, you know, test it positive. I won't, you know, I'll be laying in my, isolated in my room and all that. Yeah. But I don't have an out now, right? You know, I don't have an excuse. <laughs> it almost got so, to the point where you're rooting for a positive test? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. That's irony right there, right? So anyway, I was sort of preoccupied. <laughs> but um, I think um, – Georgetown being my, being my favorite team, and oh, have we yeah. done the show since since? Uh, no, we tweeted about it. You know, we had we had our friend uh, Marcus Washington on, and we had a, a great show six weeks ago talking about Georgetown basketball mm-hmm. and Ewing and and how you know the the circumstance that existed, right? So mm-hmm. Georgetown is my team, man. So it kind of hurt me. So there was no basketball this year. So <laughs> and by the way, there wasn't a coach that I was rooting for more than Pat Ewing. You know, at uh, Georgetown, I wanted yeah. that to work so bad. I wanted that yeah. to work so bad, but it just, it just didn't. And well, there was that one year where they won the Big East, and you know, they got hot and won the Big East tournament. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to turn things around, but he couldn't connect with players. It seemed, and and yeah, God would yeah. come and it's just like, ah, we're leaving. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know what, yeah, the, it is. I don't know what it is. He just couldn't, couldn't get it done. Yeah, like Marcus said, man, the transfer portal, it's a new day in college basketball. It's Mm -hmm. a a new day. And kids do not have to learn commitment. They don't have to, you know. Patrick was probably telling these guys things about life that were 100% true, 100%. But they they won't see it that way. They they cannot see it that way because it – this is like like Matt McClung right now is he's going through the NBA in a series of one year contracts mm-hmm. and won the, won the slam dunk competition. Mm-hmm. As far as he's concerned, his career his career is a, a success. You know, <laughs> that, that, you know it's, it's a it's a shame it is that way. But you know we just got to right. smell up. We got we got to wake up and smell the the twenty mm-hmm. twenties, man. That, that's just yeah. the way it is. So saying all that to say, I didn't really have a. I didn't really have a horse in the game, uh-huh. uh, a horse in the race, and and watching college basketball this year, it's just not the same because it's, it's very unorganized and, and yeah. Well, you know, and here's the thing, I, you know, I get the, the people, you know, not liking the transfer portal stuff like that. I think what's really ruining college sports, and by college sports, I literally just mean college basketball and college football. I'm not talking about sports. <laughs> right. and, 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 you know, they don't disrespect the women's sports, obviously, but I'm just talking about the top sports that people, college sports people watch and, and you know, bringing in revenue. To me, it's the, um, it's it's doing away with the conferences. It's, nothing's no longer regional. I just remember when you thought Big East basketball, you're thinking, you know, D.C., Philadelphia, New right, York. Right, right, right. A lot of Catholic exactly. schools. Like, that's exactly. what Big East basketball. But now it's like, you know, like West Virginia's in the – oh, no, they're in the Big 12. But that doesn't make any sense. Why would <laughs> the Big 12? They shouldn't be. Like, this kind – like, that's, that's been – that's that started for me – 
the decay of college sports. Like, I mean, I still, and I still watch college basketball. I still watch college football, but it means something that, you know, Oklahoma and Texas and Oklahoma state were all in the big 12. It meant something, you know, that, you know, even Colorado was in the big 12. And then, you know, why in the world would UCLA or USC all of a sudden be in the big 10? Like, no, they shouldn't be in they the big 10. Be. That doesn't they make any sense. Be. But it's happening, and and it's and it's sad, man. Because the college sports, there's there's nothing that says you know, amateur sports in America like regional stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely, man. It's like you you um you thought uh, ACC tournament in Greensboro. My daughter who went to North Carolina A and T, her her part time job when she was in school was working at the Greensboro Coliseum. Sure, and, yeah. And she was there. <laughs> she was there for the ACC tournament like two or three years, right? And and, and then a bunch of other stuff. I can tell you, one time she called, you know, called the sisters where the youngest one was in school in Philly. And uh she worked at the Coliseum and they and the Coliseum gave her like ten tickets to a a Jay Z concert, right? You oh, know, they say, hey, yeah, yeah. Okay. So look, so they made a road trip. My other daughters made a road trip <laughs> going to Carolina, right? Uh-huh. You know, but that but it was something about 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 um but even the Big East tournaments that were uh, the, we had a couple of uh, tournaments in this area, I believe, yeah. at, at the uh, the MCI arena at that time, or you know, you know, end up being Verizon, and then always the Big East tournament in, in New York in Madison Square Garden. Yes, man, that was yes, yes. that was that was something, right? And having experienced that, these things are just just not the same, right? Yeah, Big you East know? basketball's and, not the same. I mean, it meant. I mean, you're talking Georgetown and UConn and St. John's and. I mean that was that was basketball, man. You know what I mean, and it meant something. But now it's you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So saying all that, uh, I turned on the game today. Uh, you know, uh, Howard. Uh, shout out to Howard Bison, and and of course, you know the HBCU. They can put them at the those. You know, at least they didn't put them in the play-in game. But they right. went up against Kansas. Yeah. Right now, I came in the house. I turned the game on. The game was tied at thirty-three. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. It was, okay. Where, so I, it was a point where Howard was up, uh, I think, 30 to 28 or something like that. Or Yeah. Yeah, at yeah but point. at that point, I guess that was the high point. <laughs> after, it was. It was. <laughs> after that. After that. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'll probably get in maybe in the round of, of 16. But I didn't do it. You do a bracket this year? Oh, of course I did. I did. A, so every, <laughs> every year the family does a bracket. So Manny did one, Sierra did one, and, and and I did one. So far, so good. I mean, I usually pick a lot of upsets. Um, I didn't pick the firm in Virginia, but I, I, I thought I had one with Utah State beating um, Missouri, but that didn't happen yet. I do have Kent State beating, uh, beating Indiana. Uh, that's one of my upsets. I'm just trying to see if I can call out a few. I've got VCU beating St. Mary's. That's a 5-12. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, I've got Boise State beating Northwestern. So I've got a couple upsets here. My final you, you four is what? my final four is Arizona, Marquette, Houston, and Gonzaga, with Marquette beating Arizona and Houston beating Gonzaga, and then Houston beating Marquette in the final. Okay. Yeah. Like you got a shot smart has really he's like become a part of college basketball in America, right? You correct, know, if you correct. Know, yeah. yeah. You know, He's done it the right way. He's done, and it's not like 
It's like nobody begrudges him. The, the team didn't begrudge him when he left VCU because they offered him millions of dollars. Right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Went to Texas, couldn't get it done. I mean, he lost in the first round a couple of times there. But at that point, at that level, you, you, your standards are higher. I mean, you know, success of your program is meant on how many rounds you can get through in, in the tournament, right? So Correct. you can win a lot of games. You can win most of your games. But if you can't get do that, and then he's done a great job at Marquette because Marquette was was – I can't re- remember Marquette uh, being uh, of any value since Dwayne was uh, Dwayne Wade. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember Dwayne Wade's last college game was in the tournament. They lost by 40 points to somebody. I don't know who it was. <laughs> they got blasted. They, they got blasted. I remember because I happened to be in San Diego at the time and watching the game, and they got blasted. But so, you know, Shaka Smarters brought them back. Wonder how much he charged to, to work at Georgetown. I would love <laughs> just, <laughs> Right, if, right. Hey, you know, if talk you all to know him. him. Talk to yeah, him. Yeah, you know, Georgetown, if, they, if they're serious about this thing, they, you know, Georgetown was an academic, it's an academic institution. But, Correct. Um, you know, they just realized that, hey, an academic institution for a good basketball team is better. So, right, right. <laughs> hey, if I were you all, I'd give Shaka a call, you know, for yeah. me, you know, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Right. Why not? There you go. All right. Uh, So, Kevin, we got to get this movie review in. It's a movie that, unfortunately, for our listening audience, you've seen. And so so you're going to review it. John Wick 4. What up? Now, okay. now you've said that that you saw the first one. Right. Now, when the first one first came out, of course, I didn't see it because I figured it was your standard you know, hitman type movie, right? But <clears throat> so after someone talked me into seeing it, I realized it was, it was different. It was um, okay. the, the thing about the, it was uh, it was a fantasy. It it was like yeah, a, a a world within a world, like mm-hmm. you know the world. You know, it was like chaos with rules, right? Like yeah, like, like when like you would go like, to a little hitman hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just certain, can't do business on grounds. No funny stuff. Just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. They had their own currency, right? The little gold coins, right? Mm-hmm. You, drop the, you drop the gold coin in the door, the wall opens up, and you're in the Hitman Club, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. I loved it. But the most important thing about the movie to me and the director, uh, Chad Stahelski, I believe is the way you pronounce his name, was the way the violence was choreographed. Mm-hmm. It was oh, yeah. like, you know, it was a a precision and the rhythm to the way he killed people, right? Mm-hmm. Some people he killed with the gun pointed up. Some people he killed with the gun pointed down. Some mm-hmm. people he'd wrap his left arm around the guy, kill another guy with his right. The next right. guy he'd wrap his right arm around the guy, kill him with the left. It was a precision. It was almost like a horrific kind of ballet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. If that makes any sense, right? And, well, and one, of your, one of your daughters is a professional dancer, and so, yes, yes, know, yes. of course you would see it that way. Oh, yeah, I see the and choreography. And choreography is all in the blood man, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hope she doesn't turn into a, a hitman. But, a hitman. Uh, or, or, I mean, you could use it for your benefit. Well, anyway, never mind. Yeah, I could. Let's <laughs> work on that. Okay. You hear that, uh, networks? But, but anyway, the whole thing was based upon the, the fact that he did what was the unthinkable for the society was he got out because he wow. found the woman of his dreams mm-hmm. and he told the people, Hey, I want out. And as the said, as the guy said, we gave him, we'll let you out, but we'll give, we'll give you an impossible task. You perform mm-hmm. this task for us and we'll let you go. And he did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that, so that's the basis. And then the, the, the young guys killed, uh, um, 
killed his dog, you know, and stole yeah. his car. The two things, you know, beside dog. his wife, he loved him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They didn't, um, didn't like that. Well, here's what I didn't understand even about the first episode. I mean, the first uh, in the movies. Like, why yeah. wouldn't the father ended up not necessarily caring about the son anyway because he was a hothead? Why not just turn him right. over? Like, listen, man, you, here's where he is. Here's where his boys are. Let's just call it even. Do whatever you want to do. Kill him. I don't care. Just leave. Well, because when you get to that, yeah, it was great. When you get to that point of power, you feel that the power can 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 buy you out of anything. Sure. But okay. but it turned out that because of this in this fantasy world, the only thing the power could not buy you out of was John Wick. And they know that. They knew that. They said, well, we're going to take a chance. Anybody <laughs> else, this is no problem. Mm -hmm. John Wick, oh, let's see what happens, right? You know, so that was, that's what got me into it. The second one was involved uh, this, um, this um, uh, what do you call it? Fictional high council who ran this world, right? And 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 they had these little traditions and things like that, which made it so cool to me because the guy. And if you have an expression, uh, call in a marker or something like this, they oh, had a had literal the, yeah. marker. Because you had you had you had the brother right who who wanted to take over something, but the sister was there and he called in that because he had the marker. One right. marker. The, John Wick had to do what he wanted. They killed my sister. Like, wait, what? Why do you want me to? You know. Right. He had to do it because of that. Right. OK. So and Common was, was in the second one playing the uh, the protector of the sister and it didn't work out. And um, <laughs> and uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who no, played the, the leader of uh, <laughs> the underground. That job rather so early. He, yeah, he yeah. failed that job rather <laughs> early in the movie. <laughs> but but uh, Lawrence Fishburne was the head of the homeless hitman. <laughs> right? You know, okay. so. Right. Yeah. So, okay. You got that. Okay. That, that, that worked out, right. That didn't work out whatever. Right. So, and John Wick was so mad. He's never had enough of this. He broke the rule, killed the guy on the continental grounds. And it mm -hmm. says, so you're excommunicado. And that's another aspect of the series. This, uh, this, uh, franchise. I love the, the administration of it with all the women wearing the short sleeve shirts, they all tattooed and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, and they got piercings and they're using old computers and say, Oh yeah. <laughs> A two million dollar hit on John Wick. Clearly, use the old telephones. I love that that fictional aspect in the whole thing. When it gets to the third one, it starts getting a little bit scattered because you couldn't hold that that fictional storyline together. And for some strange, bizarre reason, they felt like they had to include Holly Berry in the in the third one. And okay, that if you say, I believe you say you haven't seen the third. I haven't one. seen the third one yet. Skip the Holly Berry uh, part. Just okay. skip all that, you know. <laughs> You've been very because, vocal about this. Uh... Yeah, I felt kind of insulted that they felt two franchises that were ruined because they felt like they had to uh, throw Halle Berry in. And one was the James Bond, they made it a Bond girl. Okay. She didn't have to be in that movie. They mm -hmm. could have uh, some up and comer. And John Wick. There was no reason to worry. I was mad. In general, are you a Halle Berry fan or? Not, not anymore, anymore. Okay. When she was younger, yeah, but okay. yeah, she just, to me, my favorite Holly Berry movie was Executive Decision with Kurt Russell yeah. when they were on the plane. That yeah. was my favorite Holly Berry movie okay. because her action was important, but limited. Um, yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah, so um, yeah, just skip that. Anyway, let's get to, to John Wick 4. Okay, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know where this, to start. Let's start at the very beginning. You know, at the end of the third one. Oh, you haven't seen the third one yet. Okay. No, but that's okay. I don't want to ruin that for you. You're not, no, you're not going to okay. ruin it. Okay. Well, you know, it's John been like Wick was mad. Four years or whatever. It's been like this. they tried to kill. They, they tried to kill John Wick. 
It didn't work out. <laughs> of course. It didn't work mm-hmm. out. He was, okay, so he's living underground with Lawrence Fishburne, you know, because he's the homeless, <laughs> he the homeless yes. hitman, right, right, you know. And I, can, I, I understood this, and, and they bring the, the high table, the ones who run this whole fa- uh, fantasy world, um, they bring them more into existence. And it started to lose me because in the first one, you, you knew they were in New York, but they never mentioned the name New York. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they never mentioned this, but they started getting more realism in this fantasy world, which kind of messed the thing up for me. Damn. Okay. So the problem I had with this movie, I, I, I'd give it 50%. I, I really would because. Oh, wow. Okay. The problem, you know, John Wick killed a lot of people in the first movie. You know, right. he killed a bunch of people, a bunch of people in the club alone. I'd yeah. say he killed about 75 people, right? Here. Right. <laughs> in the club, not just one area in the club alone. Right. And, and then in the second one, this you scene, know, in, in the second one, he had to kill a bunch of people when he was after the guy in the museum, right? He killed a mm-hmm. bunch of people. Yep. In the third one, he killed a bunch, but I think Holly Berry killed more, <laughs> you know? <laughs> in the fourth one, Claude, he killed so many people. <laughs> <laughs> You started to feel bad he for so many people. Yeah, after a while, you know, he, he was killing armies for people, right? You know, and it got to a point where I felt kind of scared for myself because it didn't bother me anymore, right? And I'm saying, what is this doing to me? How can I be numb to this guy? Just take it was. It. I don't know if you remember. There was a movie called Hollywood Shuffle. Man, uh-huh. like Robert Townsend made uh-huh. that, and he made a joke about uh, Sylvester Stallone and contract negotiations and. He he his contract wasn't about money, it was about how many people he could get to kill on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that had to be what the what the meeting was about in this meeting. How many and, and you know, when they were talking about this movie, the pre production meeting, how many people do you legitimately think we could kill in this and get away yeah, with it? And get away with 500? it. Five yeah. <laughs> And they're like, you know what? Let's go with it. Whatever number we come up with, let's make sure we meet that exact number. Yeah, five hundred is not enough, man. Sure, we can kill five hundred before intermission. Right. So, not only did they bring John Wick in and the choreography, they brought in different organizations all over the world and gave them the chance to kill as many people as possible. And <laughs> some some of the characters were so were just great characters and they ended up dying, right? And I said, you may, you know, uh okay, all right, let me yeah, I, I was disturbed I by the young lady Not, I thought the I thought the young lady in the first one was a really good character and could have had longevity, but they had her dying. Oh no, yeah, because she broke the rules, and which made the thing and the way she died with all of them encircling her and the, and the guy giving the proclamation. Mm-hmm. But but in, in this one, it starts out with the violence being gratuitous, and mm-hmm. it gets worse than that. Okay. And okay, <laughs> and here's the thing: they had some great characters in it, but there's too many characters in it. If John okay. Wick is killing fifteen hundred people, mm-hmm. that means you got to have each one of these other people killing about. 1100 to make it worthwhile, right? You know, to justify their existence in the movie. And mm-hmm. it just got, it was too, too, too much. They had some off, awesome scenes, man, in, in Paris, like at, 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 at the, uh, the Arc de Triomphe, when they were doing uh, the scene, the, the fighting and killing in the streets, mm-hmm. and, and the Eiffel Tower, right, in the background and stuff, in Osaka, Japan. It was beautiful. It was just way, way too. There was an entire scenes in this movie that could have been just eliminated. 
Okay. <laughs> just okay. eliminated. There can, were fight I can, scenes. I can, I can see that with this, with this, with this series. Yeah. I think, I think, the, I think the same thing's true for the first three. I didn't see the third one, but based on what I saw in the first and yeah. second one, I can see there being some scenes like ah, that doesn't necessarily need to be in here. Yeah, yeah, but you know, even in the first one, it was from this aspect of it being a fantasy. But Correct. they lost. There was there was a point in in, in this movie where. You would assume that of, of the population of Paris, that there were more hitmen than there were citizens. <laughs> you know, it, it just the guy just lost it. He just yeah. lost it. He had uh, he had unlimited resources and just just lost it. So fifty percent, go see it if you're a John Wick fan. See, oh, I got. You know, I haven't even mentioned any of the, of the actors. Right, there was a guy, um, Donnie Yen. Now, Donnie Yen is a um, Asian martial arts master. I don't know if you were a Star Wars fan, but he was a Rogue One. In Rogue One, he played the blind uh, martial arts uh, master. And um, in this one, he played the blind martial arts uh, hitman (laughs) master. Same guy, same character, different movie. Yeah. If you're a blind hitman in a John Wick movie, you got to kill some folks. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you do it with style, right? You know, so... um, (laughs) So let me give you a, a brief synopsis of the plot. There's a guy that um, was running one of these uh, high table things, and he's just a, he's just a vicious guy. You know, he's a, he's just a I mean, in the world of hitman, he's a bad guy. You know, so John Wick uh, is trying to kill as many people as he can because they cut off his. Well, no, I can't. Yeah, I don't want to ruin the last one for you. Anyway, no, it's the not only way he finds. Yeah, well, there might be many, many of our listeners who oh, yeah, want to see the franchise. Yeah, yeah, I should think about that. The only way he can get out was to challenge <laughs> this guy to a. <laughs> only way he can get out is to challenge this guy to a duel. So he has to meet <laughs> this guy. Yeah, that's what they do in this society. Okay. So he has to meet this guy at this church in Paris at sunrise at a certain date. If he doesn't do it, he's immediately uh, disqualified and will be executed. Okay. So the plot is he has to get to this church. By dawn, mm-hmm. this guy has putting out hits on him up to $28 million <laughs> to prevent so him won't. from getting to the show. So he won't make it to the duel. Right, right, right. <clears throat> so um, that's it. They could have made the movie on that part of it alone. Yeah. They don't even get to this until two-thirds through the movie. Good so, night, really? Really, really, oh, really. Wow. It was long. It was long. It was a good two hours and 45 minutes. So, Oh, um, yeah. Do I have that time? <laughs> you better be ready if you got time just uh, you know just like i said the violence was just gratuitous it got to the point you know you don't even cringe anymore you yeah know, you, just, you just cringe and and they're dealing with this technology where the, a lot of the suits are well tailored but bulletproof so you gotta you gotta shoot a guy yeah eight nine times then hit him in the face and pull up his helmet then hit, you know it's it's yeah. Too much, too much for me, for a fan, a fan of the franchise, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, whether it be a John Wick five, that, that's up to them. That's up to the people clamor for this, this stuff. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was, right. uh, I just did this one for the fans, right? There you go. <laughs> for the I fans. Mean, you're a world renowned movie reviewer. And so you, right, to- right. So if they listen to me, there won't be another one. Well, yeah. they change the way they do it. You just can't do this, man. I mean, what's wrong with society if this is acceptable? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. What's wrong with society if this is acceptable? I love it. There were scenes in the movie where there were more people killing people than there weren't. 
<laughs> How can you have more people killing and you you got you know killies and more killers than killies? Right, right. right. <laughs> deep man, it's deep. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Federal Football Report. That's Kevin's movie review. Any movies on the horizon that you're looking forward to reviewing for us coming up? What what what, what uh, thoughts on anything with the Oscars? I didn't get the whole thing with everything everywhere at the same time or whatever. That, I, that, that was that was ridiculous. I, I, did, I, I don't I, understand. I it, so. And not only that, there was a campaign before the Oscars, Oscars that said if you didn't think that uh, there was the best movie, that you were racist, right? you were anti-Asian or something like that, right? <laughs> my God, my God, it wasn't that good. <laughs> it just wasn't that good, you know. And then what really got me is the fact that Harrison Ford gave the Oscar to the guy who used to be short round, who was who was <laughs> the. Uh, yeah, how did that just happen to do that, right? You know, it's just, you have to, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was nowhere. Top Gun Maverick was mm-hmm. way better than that. Okay. Way okay. better than that, right? Mm-hmm. Top Gun. I could watch Top Gun Maverick again and again and again. Yeah, this I'm a thing, fan of the movie. That was a good yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, uh, my wife liked Black Adam better than everything everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh, but, but did she like Black Adam at all? I mean, like, like I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. I mean, because I broke it down to her. I said, hey, it's a comic book movie. She said, oh, okay, okay. right. You know, <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so, yeah, so I guess uh, now it's going to be a bunch of uh, uh, chick flicks coming out. I really don't know. I, I had to do a little research, right? John Wick took everything out of me, but I'll, I'll review a bunch of them uh, uh, for the spring, you know, before the summer uh, blockbuster season. I think the next big movie is going to come out, actually, the two. Uh, uh, Ninja Turtles and uh, Mario, right? You yeah, know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be watching both of those. I'm hoping. Now, for interesting it. though, the kids still it. play Mario. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's different Mario games. Like the like a lot of it is like the Mario Kart stuff. You know, and, and you know, just okay, Mario right. and things like that. But I will say this: um, I do. You know, I, I want more from the series that I like. Like I want another Terminator, and I want another. Mm-hmm. I want another Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah, those are my two favorite series. You know, I like Alien. I like you know, but all of my favorite movies are all series from uh, the Jason Bourne stuff to Jurassic Park, Alien, and uh, and Terminator, of course. Yeah, well, they're gonna have to mix some stuff up. Maybe like. Uh, uh... Predator versus Creed or something like that. <laughs> Could you imagine a predator in a boxing ring? <laughs> yeah, oh man. That'd be funny. That's what we should do. I'll create some movies I haven't seen. Movies I should see. That's the next thing. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's the Federal Football Report, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back uh, next. We've got draft preview stuff to do. Of course, NFL free agency going on and movies. Yep, yep, yep. Got to make sure Kevin review. And by the way, now that Kevin, I've got to see Creed. And I've got to see um, uh, this latest one. This uh, I got to catch up with all the John Wicks, and then uh, yeah, yeah, do that, do that. All right, folks, this is the Federal Football Report, and we'll be back next week.